Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Roar. Growl. Snarl. Bellow. Welcome to Paleobites, the podcast that will be fossilized and studied by future civilizations as an example of humanity's dumb and primitive ways. My name is Matthew Donald, and each week I and a rotating series of guest co-hosts talk about and rate a genus of prehistoric animal, be it dinosaur, mammal, arthropod, and so on. This week I'm joined by a friend of mine who was just like, hey, while I'm down here, might as well hike ten miles. Wow. Natasha Craig. (laughs) May as well explore Colorado's many... National forests and state parks. Yeah. They're kind of our pride out here. Yeah, that is true. I just like, I'm lazy, so I just like looking at them. <laughs> but I should hike more. I should. I remember that. Yeah, well, not everybody's going to wake up and think, you know what? I was eyeballing that 10 mile trail over there. Right. May as well try it and then be turned around by snow and go do a seven mile trail instead. <laughs> oh, so it was only seven miles. Only okay. seven oh, miles. Only seven miles. It was going to be closer to 10, though, this morning. But something about two feet of snow and not having snowshoes. I mean, you remember that one time when you and I hiked around Denver to <laughs> drop off book, books of the Megazoic books of the old cover? Yeah. How many miles was that, do you think? Probably like two? <laughs> yeah, somewhere in the two to five range. Yeah, okay. And almost no slope and a few bus rides. Yep, and I was already exhausted at the end of it because I'm lazy. But you're just like, seven miles and I'm not even windy. <laughs> <laughs> seven miles, five minutes later, hey, what... Where's the next one? <laughs> oh, I need help. I need to. I need to work out more. Oh, the mountains aren't for everybody. I know. Urban I know. Trails I just, are just as good. I know. I just. I feel like just in order to be healthy, at least should work out a little bit more than I do. I don't need to work out as much as you to be healthy. I just need to work out. Well, there that's are all just bonus. Who work out even more than me. Right. I know, but that's just at that, that at that point, it's just a bonus, you know, more yeah. than like like you need to for health reasons. So. Oh, yeah. That and I love, again, it comes back to, I love Colorado, our yeah. many state and national forests, state right. and national parks. We're protective of them out here. We are. I and guess we're proud of them, too. We are, and we should be. It's very pretty here, and a lot of good stuff, even just really close to here. Like, you yeah. don't have to go too far. Hey, even if you're in Denver, drive 20 minutes outside of it, you can find a state or national park <laughs> close by. Yeah, just you outside of located, Denver, yeah. Yeah, you happen to be located close to two, Chatfield yeah. and Roxboro. Yeah, they're pretty. I've been, I, I, I went to Roxboro with you once too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Rocky Mountains just outside of Denver, as is Golden Gate Canyon. And these yeah. are the four that come to mind. Right, now there's a lot of cool, uh, uh, different variances in terrain um and like just even just outside of the city like that's like the cool thing about dinosaur rage bringing it back to like prehistoric creatures for this <laughs> podcast 
Like, well, it, I was passing by Morrison, so we can definitely talk prehistoric <laughs> creatures. Right. Well, like, yeah, the Morrison Formation's a famous formation for dinosaurs. We're about to dinosaurs. And much of it's out here in the state of Colorado. It is. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dinosaur Ridge prides itself in being like, oh, we are uh, uh, a place where you can find actual fossils in the ground, but it's not in the middle of nowhere. It's just <laughs> 20 minutes out of Denver, you know? Yeah, just about like, 20 minutes outside of Denver. Yeah, like, you don't have to go in the middle of a Badlands. You know? No, you don't have to go through like, little South Dakota for that. Like, Dinosaur National Monument is really cool, but by God, it's surrounded by hours of nothing. <laughs> I mean, that, that's how I it's mean, a song. I mean, pretty, I mean, not, yeah, it's just true, nothing. I mean, to, to me, as a city, I mean, there's a lot of beautiful mountains, but there's yeah. also a lot of desert, so. <laughs> and, and the desert has its own beauty. Yeah. But the desert's beauty is a bit more lethal in other senses. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and believe you me, I could give a lecture on backwoods safety just based on my short experience. Right. Okay, well, uh, I guess, uh, you know, at this point, you know, sometimes this happens where I, I'm about to ask a dinosaur question where I think I'm going to, but then we just talk about other things. I'm like, <laughs> that's good enough. So let's, we don't have to do a dinosaur-related question today or a prehistoric animal-related question. We'll save that for next episode. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about a creature. This was your suggestion. Uh, we're talking about a very famous uh, Ice Age wolf. Yes. Canis Dyrus, a.k.a. the Dire Wolf. Such a harsh-sounding name, but, you know, I know, the Canis family is notoriously good predators. They are. They're good predators, even if, like... Yeah, yeah, they're not as dangerous to us as some people think. Like, they never no. attack unprovoked, like... No, even the modern gray wolf, Canis Lupus... Right. They actually are relatively skittish creatures around humans. Right, that, no, they certainly are. Um... You uh, really it, don't get attacks very often on humans. There's yeah. not been one in at least in 50 years that's been substantiated. Right. Question. Um, are modern-day dogs, are they Canis domesticus or are they Canis lupus domesticus? As far as I understand, they're Canis domesticus. They okay. are so far removed okay. from Canis lupus that right. unless they have direct wolf descendancy and are a wolf-dog hybrid... Right. I just uh, wasn't sure if they were like a subspecies or a separate species. So. Maybe a couple thousand years ago, at least... I've heard that scientists have dated the nearest wolf dog that crosses into domesticity uh, to about 10,000 years, but I could be wrong. Right, no, I can believe that, no. So the, the story of how at least 10, humans... years. The story of how humans and dogs first came together, it's a really epic one. Like, our, our journey goes back so many thousands of mm -hmm. years. Like, and we were like, we were in the Ice Age, the wolves were in the Ice Age, we were hunting about... Pretty much the same creature, so we're like, what if we team up? Yeah, and this may have happened across continents. Oh yeah, like, we think, I think modern, the, the ancestors of modern dogs came from Asia, and they migrated to Europe, and... That would not surprise so. me, just based on the fact that all peoples had distinctive dog breeds. Now, some domestic dog breeds are extinct. Right, right. Um, and we only know about them through pictures and right. descriptions yeah. from breeders. Mm -hmm. Which is rather unfortunate, because some of them were amazing-looking dogs. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But in terms of uh, this one, I, I was right in... Sorry, I lost my train of thought there <laughs> about this one. <laughs> so Direwolf uh, is type, it is a canid, obviously, dog. <laughs> uh, size, 3.5 to 5.2 feet, slash 1.1 to 1.6 meters long. Mm -hmm. um, 135 to 150 pounds, 61 to 68 kilograms. So a big dog, but not like a St. Bernard, but still pretty big. No, no, they still outweigh my dogs. Yeah. And I have two polar bears for dogs. <laughs> Basically, they're huge. 120 so pounds a pop, 
But, you know, right. I would still favor a dire wolf. Right, these, that'd be I would cool. still favor a modern wolf, <laughs> even though they're about half the size. No, I know. They're, they're really, yeah, no, they're really cool. Uh, diet carnivore. Although, I guess, you know, to be fair, some wolves are omnivores, though, aren't they? They just you know, rarely eat. Once in a great while, studies have shown that wolves will pick on certain types of vegetation. Yeah, like, I mean, like, dogs are omnivores, right? Yeah, so, no, but no, they were, they're definitely... Yeah. obligate carnivores but you know right no you don't you shouldn't give them you should never have vegetarian diets to dogs no, no. but even if you're a vegan yourself if you have a dog you feed them meat i'm yes. sorry like no even a vet will back me up any vets in the audience mm-hmm. dogs eat meat right cats need meat but the thing is they also they can eat vegetables they can eat vegetables like people certainly can yeah so so I guess I guess technically they're carnivores, but you know they're open to trying on. They're open to trying. It's like some herbivores, you know, can sometimes you know supplement their diet with some carrion or something. I mean, sometimes I've heard that when some of our larger ungulates, such as uh, elk and moose, give birth, they lick their babies clean, and it gives them extra protein. No, the blood from yeah. oh, that's a little disturbing, but okay. <laughs> I've heard of it that, happening. I before. can't argue with the facts. Don't I argue mean, with the messenger, right? I mean, it does also help decrease the scent to predators. Oh, that's true. It serves a practical purpose too. Yeah. All right. Canis dyrus. It lived from the late Pleistocene to the early Holocene, which is either the one we're currently in, the one before the one we're currently in, depending on who you ask. I'll let the paleontologists get pedantic <laughs> and debate that in circles, and they can let us know when they come to an agreement. It's actually more of an anthropology issue, I think, because uh, the one we're currently in. Is either the Holocene, which ended right when the Ice Age ended, which started right when the Ice Age ended, mm-hmm. or a new one called the Anthropocene. Anthropo meaning like human. Yes. So, and that either started in like the 1800s or mm-hmm. 1900s. It's people still aren't sure if it's technically. We've, I think we have done enough to I our think, planet to warrant a new geological that. era. So yeah. I think we could definitely argue that. I think we're in the Anthropocene. Um, uh, and plus, it'd be cool, like, if we ever do, like, the dodo on this show, <laughs> I could say it, it... Actually, no, it died in the 1600s, didn't it? So never it, mind. It didn't it was quite... hun- That one was genuinely hunted to extinction. Right, but I was going to say, like... Along could... with the thylacine. Right. I was Okay, the thylacine, if I did that one, I could be like, oh, it lived to the from the late Pleistocene to the early Anthropocene. I just think it'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and what a unique creature that is, too. It is. I've seen it photos. Be... I've seen videos, actually. It of... would be a very modern creature for this podcast, but mm-hmm. because it is extinct, I suppose it qualifies. Oh, I'm actually, I'm very loose about what qualifies. <laughs> uh, I'm recording some episodes with my friend Steve and Kuro, who's been on the show before, and um, I'm recording a bunch of uh, of creatures that were in the, uh, a bunch of fossils or skeletons that are in the uh, Denver Museum. Mm-hmm. So we got Gargoylosaurus, Allosaurus, uh, Diodon, which is the big uh, Intellidon pig thing that has the diorama to itself. Ah. And, but we're also, I also put in the fin whale. <laughs> <laughs> because mean, there's that not? skeleton of the fin whale that's above the escalators. I and I'm mean, like, even and though they were a... almost brought to extinction yeah. in the 1800s a couple times. Right, no, exactly. No, no. So Along we... with the blues. Yeah, no, Balaenoptera is the genus name of that. So I was like, well, even though it's modern, I'll throw it in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took it out. It's like late Pliocene to, to modern day, so current Anthropocene. <laughs> uh, yeah, location North and South America, uh, described in 1858. Pop culture appearances, I suppose, in the Ice Age film series, especially in the first one. There's yeah, you see the humans so. with wolves. Like I don't know if it, it's not really specified to be dire wolves, but I like to think it is. <laughs> they could be, or it could have been the gray wolf, which was starting to come about right. at the end of the late Ice Age, right? Because they were able to prey on smaller things and thus were doing better. Right. 
Right. Uh, so, um, kind of, sorta, another pop culture appearance is Game of Thrones, but not really. They're called dire wolves, but they're obviously a separate fantasy version. Yeah. Uh, fantasy creatures take all the liberties. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, so, dire wolves. So, wolves are scary, aren't they? Actually, no, they're quite majestic. <laughs> and, like I said, never attack humans unprovoked. But their howls can be eerie, and they certainly look scary when they're yeah, acting well, aggressive. Certainly do. Any predator does look yeah, scary when it's... it's like lips curled and, like... Yeah. Plus, a pack of them can house a whole herd of bison to head for the hills and stampede <laughs> away, which I always think is kind of silly, because if the bison ever decided to turn around and charge toward the wolves, the poor wolves would know what to do. This <laughs> <laughs> is true. <laughs> if any predator wouldn't know what to do if suddenly their prey turned and charged on the whole herd. Yeah, and they could. They're just they afraid. Could. but It's the herd mentality. Yeah, but then again, bison are dumb. But as scary as modern wolves can be, imagine... This is what I say here. Imagine wolves that are many times bigger with hunched over backs and giant teeth and able to bring down enormous creatures with ease in a pack. If you want a wolf like that, then you should go play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> real, real dire wolves were just about about the same size, like I said, a little bit bigger than, lar- than larger wolves of today. Yeah. I mean, today, if a wolf does get to that size, it's yeah, rare, it's- but... Yeah, it, it, they it could be equivalent to yeah, like it's a, it's 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 a, small dire wolves are about the same size as the largest of modern wolves. Yeah, that's what about what it is. So uh, don't get your hopes up for a fierce and powerful monster of a wolf. <laughs> as cool no, as go read Norse mythology for that. Then you a get Fenris. Fenrir or Fenris, depending on who you ask. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where you get pedantic. Mm-hmm. Child of Loki. Yes, yes, somehow. <laughs> on the, on the child of Loki, the world serpent. <laughs> Yes, and Odin's horse Slipnir. Where... That's right, that was a child of Loki. And Loki was Slipnir's mother. Yes, yes, I remember that. He shapeshifted and impregnated. Yeah, because <laughs> Loki. He does what he Missed wants. Missed that in the Thor movies. Even though you well, s- that wouldn't be able to get through Marvel's filters, there's Although supposed to be it, somewhat family it, friendly. It's true, but it did show Slipnir in the first <laughs> Thor movie. You see Odin right stirruping a horse and you can see it has eight legs when he yes. saves them from Jotunheim but um anyways uh so uh they were so wheels even though they weren't fierce and powerful monsters they were still fierce and powerful like hunting some of the North American megafauna during the ice age like bison camels mastodons and ground sloths and that alone is impressive and it, it speaks to how well social predators work together oh absolutely and like even their uh there there was a direct competitor with Smilodon the famous saber-toothed cat yes. which is pretty cool it's incredible how the name has changed, because when I was a kid, 
We all call them saber-toothed tigers. That's what some people still call them, but they're not tigers. They're not tigers. No. No, if anything, they're closer to lions. Right, actually. But they're even then quite distinct because their whole upper body. Actually, I'm doing an episode of um, Smilodon with a friend of the show, Lexi. Um, You remember Lexi? Like, you met her at the the, uh, very birthday party last time. Um, We went laser tagging. I'm not a child. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, I mean, I went to my... To Disney on Ice for one of my birthdays. That's still cool. It's still cool. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to laser tagging on my thirtieth birthday. Watch me. Why not? <laughs> um, but we talk about Smile Don. It's actually it's um, in the uh, Machero Daunted Felid group, which, uh, which is different from the Panthera yes. Pantherine modern family. So they're both still cats, but it's like a different sub family. It's a sub family. Yeah. And I don't think the Smilodon has any direct descendants. It does to not. This day. It does not. Um, but there are two species of uh, of dire wolf I, I found here: Canis dirus gildei yes. and Canis dirus dirus, which is one to say because that means dire dire wolf. As if, oh no! As if more. one dire wasn't enough <laughs> to cut it. Like scientific names can be silly sometimes. Like speaking of bison, did you know the full scientific name for the American bison, plains bison, is bison bison bison? Boring. <laughs> Genus bison, species bison, subspecies bison. <laughs> Hey, hey, he says, scientists, maybe have a little of whatever the Doctor Strange VFX artists were having. Yeah, just be a little more creative. Like, I think giraffes are like camel leopardy or something. I they, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, because they look kind of like leopard, like camels with long necks and big leopard patterns. I can see that. <laughs> um, but, like, bison are rife for repetitive potential, though. Like, if you take the more informal name of the animal, buffalo, and the multiple cities in America named buffalo... And that the word buffalo can also mean to bully or intimidate. <laughs> you can find that buffalo, 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 buffalo is a completely grammatically correct sentence. <laughs> Which is inherently hilarious and shows the quirks of the English language. Right. Which like, makes many of us want to put our head through walls. Right, but it's just like, yeah, buffalo from buffalo, buffalo, buffalo from the other buffalo. That's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> Language is funny, huh? But back to dire wolves, I guess. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We That's what we're talking about. Whole thing on the quirks of the English language. <laughs> dire wolves are distinctive from modern gray, gray wolves by their uh, smaller feet and bigger heads and teeth. And they lived all across North America and even down to South America. I mean, that speaks to the pure adaptability of wolves. Right, like... Even today, the Canis genus that involves wolves is extensive. It doesn't just involve the gray wolf, right. the arctic wolf. There's a subspecies in Ethiopia. That's true, the Ethiopian wolf. Yes, yeah, not well known. It also includes it's very the rare. Red wolf. Yeah, I actually heard of the Ethiopian wolf because it's one of the animals you can exhibit in Zoo Tycoon. Ah, uh, <laughs> Zoo Tycoon I, too. Actually. I actually follow several wolf rescue. Yeah, isn't uh, the Ethiopian sites. wolf the most endangered wolf? Yes. Yeah. So um, the Indian wolf is almost a close second. Right. Um, actually, but, it's funny. I'm bringing this up here that that the direwolf all the way went down to South America because today. I've read that no members of the Canis genus live in South America. Not today. This is true. Yeah. None. Like, I can't even think of any, like, foxes or small dogs that there's live in South America. There's one unique family, and it's there's only one member of this family. They're called the maned wolf. Oh, they've yeah, got, I've heard of them. They've got insanely long legs. Their face looks like a fox. Right. They are... They're, they're not Canis, though? They're not Canis. Okay. They are their own distinct family. Okay. They might be called the main wolf, but they are not a wolf. Well, well there you go. It's like starfish aren't really fish. You know? Exactly. <laughs> they are not fish. Uh, so, it's true that there's no native canon down there. 
Okay, that's cool. Yeah, but like, yeah, because like, I would think about so, like wildlife in the Amazon. The only one am- carnivores I can think of. There's some bears, I guess, but there's also there's mainly just cats. Mostly like you got cats jaguars, and jaguars, jaguars. Oh, caimans, yep, true. Jaguars. And you do have snakes. Snakes, jaguars, ocelots. You know, um, ocelots are if that's, I remember Africa. I thought ocelots were Central America. Hold on, hold on, <laughs> Google. I'll hail the Google. <laughs> yeah, no, I think caracals are Africa. You may be right. Ocelot, animal. Ocelot, small wildcat native to South America. No, Western, you're right. They are South America. Southwestern United States, Mexico, and Central and South America. Okay. Yes, because Brave Wilderness did a whole episode on them. They're actually really cool animals. They are. They're really cute. <laughs> they yes. look. They look a lot like like house cats, except with jaguar patterns. And they're insanely mischievous. They are. Most cats are, to be fair, though. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Uh, yeah. So. But, um, so, because, you know, it lived in both North and South America, the, cane, the, the dire wolf, it's one of the anim- participating animals of the Great American Interchange, which is when North and South America first collided three million years ago. Uh-huh. So, like, that's how a lot of, like, uh, creatures went back and forth, you know, like, that's how Smilodon went down there, the saber-toothed cat, you know? So, yes. So, um, but animals used to be, it's just interesting how more spread apart animals used to be. Like, there used to be lions in Europe, and, like... Cheetahs in there Russia. There used to be lions here in North America. Right. Uh, they were called cave lions, and they were not something any of us would want to tango with. Right, no, exactly. But, like, like even just, like, even more recently, if you talk about, like... Oh, hi, Henry. You got a little dire wolf here. <laughs> hi. Yes, Canis Domesticus. Oh, and here's the Craziness. other dire wolf. Here, uh, they're wet, they're full of snow. There they go. Alright, well that was Henry and my sister's dog, Gracie, everybody. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, but like, even just recently, like if you talk about like just a thousand years ago, before like we used to colonize everything and and really, you know, start Yeah, lo- before all for, European colonization. Yeah, start deforesting like as crazy as we did. And like, we did a little still. We needed wood back then, of course, but we still didn't as much as we did back then. So, so even then, like, they're like well, and we won't get into the cultural issues because that's its own bag of worms and its own set of podcasts. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, this is. I like to talk about the various subjects in here, but you know, maybe some certain anthropo- anthropological anthropological anthropological. That's the word I'm thinking of. <laughs> that's that's not that might be a bit too far. Uh, but yeah, like it's just it's amazing how far, more spread of our things used to be. But then you know, humans, stupid humans. <laughs> yeah, stupid humans. <laughs> Well, uh, I'd say mostly stupid Europeans. Yeah, I guess that's true. Stupid, yeah, yeah. Early Europeans, the colonization era, yeah, yeah. stupid Europeans. I was watching the skit. I'm sure I've said this before on the podcast before, at least if not this one, one, but also like Ritwitch. It's this comedian I like. He did a stand-up special on a, on a Netflix, and he talked about like how he talked about the Brexit issue and how all these. Uh, uh, British people are like, oh, these bloody immigrants, they don't even try to be British. You know, they're, they're just coming in, taking our jobs, and, and, and not even speaking our language. And, and this guy's like, yeah, that sounds pretty British to me. Because <laughs> if there's one country, one country in the world that has no right to complain about immigration, it's Great Britain. <laughs> yeah, with their history, yeah. <laughs> like, they invented colonialization, basically. Like, basically, yeah. They owned half the world before there were airplanes. Like, Basically, yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> Anyway, that's a whole another issue. But anyway, so back to dire wolves, I guess. Well, we're um, that's pretty much all the information that I have here. I mean, there's a lot more we could talk about, of course, but I like to kind of like 
have this show as like an introduction to different creatures and kind of the basic game about them and little facts of if you want it's not really like a serious paleontological discussion we are nerds in different subjects like it's not like oh this is a serious documentation of everything we know about this no it's not that kind of podcast no you want serious there are plenty of other fantastic youtubers out there Uh, one that I'm particularly fond of and I need to watch more of is The Systematic Classification of Life by Aaron Rod. Oh, really? I've never heard of that one. Oh, he goes in-depth. He's very much interested in evolutionary biology, very educational. He goes from uh, the beginning all the way to modern. Oh, really? That's cool. he's been breaking down each family. That's cool. It's an extensive series. I recommend it. Yeah. Meanwhile, on this show, we mainly just... I did an episode... I don't think it's premiered yet because I haven't edited it yet, but I'm doing an episode on Castorides, which is the giant beaver. <laughs> oh, interesting. And we make a lot of damn jokes. Like, <laughs> like so many. It's ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> the beaver just kind of leaves that open. Yeah, just, yeah. All right, so we're at the show, part of the show where we rate it one out of 65 million. I don't know if you can hear the dogs down there. I'm going to shut the door. Hold on. <laughs> Excuse me. So ferocious. I know. Couple dire wolves down there. Dire domesticus. <laughs> Canis direus domesticus. That works. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So uh, yeah, I'm probably gonna rate it. I don't know. It's pretty cool. Maybe fifty million. You know, I have to give them a fifty-five just because, yeah. like their modern cousins, they are so insanely adaptable. Uh, they if are. It yes. For the ice age ending and possibly human intervention, they would still be here. Oh, absolutely, I think so. Anyways, um, yeah. Well. That's it for uh, this week, though. If you want to get a hold of the show, you can contact me at MattD at MatthewDonCreator.com. You can find me on social media at MattDonCreator on Facebook, at MattDon64 on Twitter, and MattDon64 on Instagram. Uh, yeah, through the email, you can send questions to me or Natasha or any of our co-hosts. You can tell Natasha all the various parks she should travel to, hike <laughs> <laughs> all the different mountains she can climb. <laughs> I mean, I've kind of got a list going. Have you ever run a marathon before? Not yet. Are you, are you planning on it? Uh, you know, I'm not much a jogger, but... Okay, so I, I, that's a bit different from hiking. It's like, that's yeah. that's just purely on the exercise. No, well. I, I like the multi-day hikes, though. I am not... On the top of my list of crazy things to do is the Colorado Trail. Right. It's about 488 miles what? of backpacking. What? Denver to Durango. What? I've walked sections of it, and some of them are really quite beautiful. That's... One actually starts over here in Roxborough State Park. Wow, that's cool. Segment number one. Oh, God. Like, you, you like that. That's cool. But for me, that sounds like hell. <laughs> so much walking and wilderness and no internet. But, you know, we're all different. That's what makes us yeah, cool. Yeah, that's what makes us cool. Is yeah. We're all very, very different creatures. <laughs> well, if you're uh, interested in writing, I have a podcast, The Ritwit, which I think I mentioned. Like, maybe I talk about this in my other podcast. I don't know. The Ritwit, where two twits talk about writing. Me and Matt David, good friend of the show that refuses to be on the show for some reason. He's a loser. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, also, I have a book series that I talked about at the beginning of this episode uh, called Megazoic, available on Amazon for print and Kindle. Go check it out. You know, Tasha did the illustrations. They're both the words and the illustrations have been very well received. So, yay! Always good to hear. <laughs> and we hope that this podcast is equally well received with our oddball senses of humor. Absolutely. Well, that's it for this week. And as we say at the end of every episode of Paleo Bites, I guess for this one we do. Oh, here we go. Oh, here she's preparing. Good job. I'm impressed. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at juvederm.com today. That's J U V E D E R M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're You're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.